All right, ladies and gentlemen, the podcast that recreates the conversations we all have at the bars. Kilgallen's Pub, everybody. Clap it up for that. <laughs> Hell yeah, we got a sold out crowd right here in front of us. There are 7,000 people at the world famous Cubby Bear. I'm excited uh, you guys are all here. This is Kilgallen's Pub. I'm your host, Joe Kilgallen. We, uh, this podcast has been going on since March of 2018. And it's basically just all the, sh- all the shite you talk in a pub, but I record it, and um, sometimes it gets deep, sometimes it's, uh, it gets a little silly, a little crazy, but it's always a good time. Um, again, uh, thank you everyone for being here. I got a really fun one in store for you, some, some great conversation, but let me introduce my guest. My guest is a staple of the Chicago comedy scene. I got to lift this mic up. I feel weird. Like, I was already, I'll have to get to that in a second. All right. <laughs> is a staple of the Chicago comedy scene, one of the best comics in the damn country, Ladies and gentlemen, Adam Burke. Hey, Joe. Hey. Hey, people. It is, it is a sold-out show because you only sold four tickets, right? That was the whole... That's, yeah. It's a very limited release. The people who are listening to this on podcast, listen to how loud these sea of people are. Yeah. Yeah. And when we say sea of people, we're talking like at the bottom of the ocean where there's like no sound. <laughs> Whatsoever. We are, we are live. We're filming this too, right? Yeah, we got, we got film. How do I look? You got me on this camera? Yep. All right, cool. If you guys notice, I'm wearing a Cubs hat because we are recording live at the world-famous Cubby Bear in the Wrigleyville neighborhood here at Clark and Addison. Wrigley Field, I'm staring at it. I can see it through the windows like some brick part. I can't really see the marquee I don't, or anything. I hate, I hate when you ask how do you look because you always look pretty good. Like You're like pretty good-looking. Pl- I'm you're an insecure person. Too. What's that? I'm an insecure person. Yeah, but you're annoying as well because I've known you for, what, t- 12 years? Yeah. And you've like, I, you were handsome when you were young, and then you did that really shitty thing where you grew into your face, and you got more handsome as you got older, which I thought, frankly, was against the rules. I was like, why are you just, why do you find a fucking loophole, you prick? I don't know. <laughs> it's funny, because uh, Petty Vasquez, who's still here uh, walking around, she actually, I saw her when I walked in, and she's like, did you lose weight? And I was like, yes, yes, I did. <laughs> actually, I started to get fat. I got up to like 190-something right before Christmas, you know, yeah. I was putting on the pounds, and I always think to myself, this is how it happens. You start to gain weight slowly, and nobody says anything. No, none of your friends are cool enough to be like, you better slow down there, chubs. You know what's fucking and hilarious took- about that? 190 is currently my goal weight, you piece of shit. So are you more I'm than sorry. that? I'm, I'm getting up there, man. I you just, hide I, it well. I just put away a, an entire plate of tenders there. So. I helped you with some of those, <laughs> so I appreciate it. That's, that's how you stay thin, you just garbage plate off other people's food. <laughs> You don't actually order full meals. Yeah, you know? that's the key. Just be a just have a fries butcher. off six plates and you'll be okay. Just be a buzzard. Yes, absolutely. Um, well, I do have some things specifically I wanted to talk about for this podcast. Normally, I just kind of freestyle it because I tell people. I know some people who listen are like, "Ah, oh, you need a little structure, Joe. You need a little bit." And, and there's some, but what's like if you go to the the bar with your friends, you don't go, "All right, guys, I'll see you there at yeah. about nine. Here's what we're going to talk about. Bring your yeah. thoughts." No, you just talk. I do have to give a shout out right away uh, to the memory of, that sounds so shitty to say, uh, to a great comedian. If you're listening to this right now and you don't know who he is, pause it, pause the podcast, and uh, unless you're watching live, that'd be dumb. Uh, and look up uh, a comedian named Brody Stevens, who's a fantastic comedian, a friend of mine, uh, just one of the, just a big ball of sunshine whenever you saw him. Positive energy. Positive energy, yes, enjoy Magic. it, 818 till I die. That guy was awesome. I mean, everyone knew he had his struggles with depression and everything like that. He was very open and honest about being on, 
on meds and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, it still, it still sucks to hear. He died this past uh, week. I think it was Friday. The news broke. We're here live Wednesday, February 26th, 27th. I'm looking out at the audience for help. And, um, yeah, so it was about four or five days ago. And, yeah, it sucked. It hit me pretty hard over the weekend because I only talked. He was in Chicago a few weeks before that. Did Comedians You Should Know, the show I helped produce. Him and I are both big Cubs fans. He knows Mike Borzello is one of the Cubs coaches. When I was still living in L.A., he had me on his show at the Highwood Improv because he knew some people from the Cubs were going to be there. So I got to meet like David Where Ross. Where was he from? Was he like, why was he? He was 818. He was from the Valley, San Fernando Valley. That's why he was at 818 till he dies. Why was he a Cubs fan? Because his, his college roommate, I think they knew each other since childhood, Mike Borzello is the Cubs catcher's coach. Oh. And, uh, and they were just tight, you know. They, um, Brody played Division I college baseball at Arizona State University, which is like a top baseball school. He had a yeah. full scholarship. Got had some injuries and stuff like that. But even at the age of, I think he was 48 when he died, there's yeah. video of him that a bunch of people tweeted out not too long ago because it's funny. It's a funny clip. It's like only like a 25-second clip where it shows him throwing a perfect fastball to a guy, and the guy throws it back to him. I guess he, could still, he still got it up to about 90, even though he was like in his Damn. 40s, uh, which is crazy, you know? And then he gets the ball back after throwing a perfect strike, and he's about to wind up again, and some dude just walks by, like almost in front of it, and kind of gave like a wave, like, oh, shit, I didn't <laughs> see you're throwing. And then Brody looks right at the camera and just, <laughs> like does look one of those like mother and then fake like goes to throw it at him you know it's just i don't know the dude was hilarious uh he's got stuff all over the you know he was a warm-up comic so a lot of his material was like crowd work with jokes built in yeah and then just his reaction off the jokes not doing well anyway sadly everybody i didn't i didn't tell you how he died he, com he committed suicide i guess he hung himself he got off his meds recently and then was switching to a new set of meds Someone shared a Periscope because he used to do, he was, he was the prince of Periscope. He had like 100,000 followers on Periscope. Really? would do live yeah. stuff on Periscope all the time and everyone loved it. The one that didn't make, the one platform that didn't make it. Yeah, I guess Periscope <laughs> got bought by Twitter recently. So he'd yeah. still go live on Twitter though. Because yeah. Periscope, people would go live on that, but it would just link to your Twitter. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. I would see him and it would be on Twitter. Anyway though, at least it wasn't Vine because Vine definitely, <laughs> you know, I don't know where the Vine stars are. Where His have all the Vine stars gone? Uh, yeah, I see he's got some one-liners that might work on Vine. Yeah, the whole, was Vine six seconds? Six Vine? seconds. People can master that good for them, but it was usually just like, wasn't Vine all these, like, I felt like rich suburban kids who had cool backyards. And, oh, every Vine video I saw was someone like, here's me near a pool and I'm about to do a thing, but it's not a thing because I cut it where it looked cool. I think the funniest Vines I ever saw were always two black guys. Yeah, usually. <laughs> Honestly, I'm just, I'm just, I don't know that I'm not making a broad well, no, it generalization. Was usually, that's just you're a, right. That's empirical <laughs> to me. The ones that I thought were funniest is either that one prick that did magic tricks with fucking After Effects, which is like, okay, yeah. awesome. You spent a week making a six second video. Awesome. We're like, uh, yeah. I know a guy like Sebastian Maniscalco did good on it because he had that catchphrase, aren't you embarrassed? So he would like, show someone doing something really stupid <laughs> and then he would just look at the camera and go, aren't you embarrassed or whatever his Italian accent is I, uh, I know you're right though it was really funny black guys or it was the, like I said before rich white suburban kids who had the black friend so I remember one <laughs> I remember one video where it showed a guy like in a shower he dropped the soap and had this weird look on his face he bent down to pick up the soap and when he stood back up there was a big huge black guy in the shower behind him it was just funny because it was just like his own bathroom <laughs> at home it was all shit like that, where I'm like, how much are they paying these guys to be their friend? 
And uh, yeah, I wonder if that became a thing in the black community. Some guy goes, hey, are you free tomorrow? Wait, are you making a fucking Vine video? They knew. Am I to be a punchline? Yeah, I think they figured it out. That's why I had to go away. <laughs> Twitter was like, this isn't very woke anymore. So he had, uh, he had a Periscope, though, that he talked about being on a new like, regiment of meds and how he was just kind of going through that process of trying to like, feel better through it. So, you know, I think he was known for always saying positive energy, positive push, and always wanting to be a positive guy. And that's why everyone loved being around him, because he was positive towards people. You know, it kind of reminded me, it's, it sucks. I talked about, uh, James could attest to this, we talked to Chelsea Hood and I had two, two or three podcasts ago. Yeah. We talked about suicide. Yeah. And Robin Williams, and about how Robin Williams said that, he always wanted to make other people feel good because he knows what it was like not to feel good because he would right. always, you know, struggle. And so he'd go out of his way to make it. And that's why I feel like Brody did that too. And, uh, and he was aware of it. He was, getting, he was taking the meds. But who knows? Sometimes it freaks me out because you see some of these meds, you see the side effects are like, there's, yeah. there was one on a commercial. I don't know what the medication is on a commercial where it talks about how one of the side effects is um, like suicidal thoughts or some crazy yeah, thing, yeah, right? Yeah. Is that Luxapro maybe? Um, or? And there's that one that comes uh, in a gun-shaped container. That one's terrible. <laughs> that, one's, uh, that one's no good. And the one that's... Yeah, no, but it's... Uh, I'm trying to be glad. I'm trying to lighten up a little bit. No, it's no, terrible. we're going to lighten it up a little bit. Um, no, but it is like... We're starting dark, though. But meds, like, the, one of the... Uh, I know people are on, on meds, and one of the biggest uh, side effects of some antidepressants is they make you very uncreative. And I know a lot of people who take them, and they can't be funny on it. Which is fucked yeah. because it's like my other, th my, I, you know, my other therapy was making people laugh, and this one medication. It's like here's the thing. Can I say something about this? This thing, like when when a comedian dies, when all the rest. Of it, I, I, some of the stories that were told, and I have I have a story about like Brody because the thing about Brody Stevens, he, he would save shows. Yes, he was just like he was like the FEMA of shitty yeah. comedy. He would just come in and fucking airlift the whole show away from the pit that it was in. And there is that side to him, but it's also, here's the, there's a code in comedy where it's like when someone goes, hey, they were a complicated person or they could be difficult. What they mean is, I'm sure someone has a story where they were a fucking dick. And it's like, and the thing I've been is, called difficult a few times. But <laughs> well, that's what they mean. And here's the thing about, what made me think about it was like, like, I have this one, I, di I didn't interact with him much at all. I've only really interacted with him maybe three times. One was amazing. The other time was like, by proxy, we're like, uh, I won't go into it, but some friends of mine, he had like, someone pissed him off, and he had a whole diatribe about it, and he posted about it on Twitter. And, you know, I know and you're These were friends about. of mine. Uh, so I was like, yeah. And I think uh, as comics, now not all comics, some of you are saints, we all know that, but as comics, we sometimes default to the shit-talking position. And it's what's weird about, com like, as a comedian, your, your window to make a bad impression is way smaller than your window to make a good impression. You can make a bad impression in about four seconds. Hey, did you ever work with so-and-so? He's kind of a dick. What do you mean? Well, he walked into the club and he didn't say hello to me well <laughs> he got off a fucking flight he just got back from alaska or some shit you know what i mean yeah like but people will do that all the time they'll like they'll default to the shit talking position and it's harder to get to make mentally self go that guy is great the thing is what i'm trying to say we should all treat each other like we've just died 
Like everyone no, I know. I honestly, I know what you're saying, and, and obviously there's some humor in what you're saying, but I would agree with that because not to get dark again, and don't worry, everyone, we're going to turn it around. We've, <laughs> this is we actually, the, we actually knew this is how we're going to start. So I've got how many of two Irish guys on a podcast? Yeah, yeah it's, it just uh, becomes. These are our wakes with drinking, and then we get weird. Up next, funeral tips. Mm, yeah, how to dress. <laughs> so I, uh, I've been, I moved back to Chicago in May of 2017. So that's less than two years. In that time, I've had five friends die, three of them via suicide. And, and after this last one, I was, and, and it's been two back, two of them were too close together. Dave Metz, who uh, I wouldn't pretend like I was super close with, but I was getting close with. We were, you know, were corresponding and talking to each other about different stuff. He was thinking about moving to my neighborhood. So we're going back and forth. And he was a great Chicago comic who had a podcast on this network. Oh, by the way, I didn't plug the network. We're on the People of Comedy I'm Podcast Network. <laughs> There you go, James. And yeah, great dude. Had a great podcast called The Palm Pilots. <laughs> it's about <laughs> masturbation. <laughs> really fun. Go, go look that up and, and laugh to your delight because I know you will. And his death was beginning of the month, beginning of January. Yeah. So, you know, less than... Great so, start to the year. Yeah, right? So it was like, what the fuck? And then, um, and I, found, I remember finding out two or three days after he died, a comedian said, or after I got off stage, I just got off stage at Comedians You Should Know. And my buddy was like, come here. And then we went outside the room. And at first I was thinking, why is he saying come here? Did I, did I run the time? Did I go over my sal- time? Because I just fucking killed. Don't give me shit. That's right away. I was, my, I was getting angry thinking, why are you bringing me out of the room? And uh, he said, dude, Dave Metz died. Was that CYSK? Yes. Yeah, I was there that same night. You were there that night. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, you closed it out. Yeah. Yes. And I didn't have a great set. And then someone went, someone said that. And I was, couldn't. They told you it. before your set. They told me right after my set. Oh, so yeah. Like, so, yeah, right after I was told, too, and I was like, fuck off. I literally said, fuck you. I talked to him a yeah. few days ago. Fuck you. That's... And then the same with Brody. It, you know, he was in Chicago three weeks before. In technology, sometimes it's nice where something tragic like this happens. You could go back and be like, oh, look at all these nice messages back and forth between us. I went back to those ones, and they were just like plans that never came to. Right, right. Luckily, it wasn't anything bad. That would be even more heartbreaking. But they were just like, oh, we should get together. But we didn't. Both of them were like that. Like with Brody's, I'm like, oh, I, can't, I couldn't make the CYSK that night. I go, I'll hit you up tomorrow. He goes, yeah, text me because I'm going to be out with some of the guys and all that. I'm like, cool, yeah, I'll hit you up. And then, like, you know, shit came up. It's, it's, it's in the funny way how we, like, it's funny. How, and I, I'm not saying you because I'm saying all humans do this. I do the same thing. When people close to me died, I'm like, I just talked to them a week ago. And it's so fucking narcissistic. It's, it's like our solipsistic view of the world was like, well, they can't, there can't be anything wrong because I just talked to them. Sure, you know yeah. what I mean? Like you show up and someone's dead and the doctor's like, I don't know what happened. Did you talk to him a couple of days yeah. ago? Where just, were you? <laughs> yeah. I get that. The grief is a selfish thing though when you think mm-hmm. about it. Because really you just is. think about how you feel and then you put yourself into perspective. I've been thinking, you talked about let's treat everyone like they just died. I think that's a great ma- mindset because after Brody's death and realizing I'm like I'm so fucking sick and tired of hitting that sad emoji on Facebook that I, I started thinking about all the beefs I have with people like I've, there are there are like a good I don't know maybe not a lot of people but five to ten people that I was once close with that I do not talk to at all yeah man and it made me think like life is too short I don't want that yeah. I don't want that hate to carrying around that shit I don't want that negativity and so when I see other people like I saw, I'm not gonna name their names but I saw two comics today and this goes with anyone. You don't have to be in the world of comedy. Like, just think about your fucking, wherever your work situation is. You know, you yeah. get close to the people you work with. When I used to work at a warehouse, I love those dudes. 
is that uh, I saw one comedian say, oh, this fucking comedian uh, said this shit, and, you know, fuck that guy for that. And I'm like, none of that shit matters. No. What a, who fucking cares? <laughs> and then the other one later, I saw a post from the other one going, well, guess what? He just blocked me, but I just wanted to say this. I'm like, you guys are fucking dorks. This is why so many comedians are like 28-year-old virgins. I'm like, just fucking stop. Like, just care about shit that matters. What I do want to, like, I do want to uh, have like a will, a sealed box somewhere where when I die, you open up and I'm like, my message is uh, talk more shit about each other. Yeah. Be, be meaner. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> what, if, what if that's not like, because everyone's like, hey, man, life's too short. What if that's not the message I want you to take away? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I get that. That cracks me up, actually. I like that idea that, because really everyone's in love with everyone if they agree with them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You know? Like, someone will be like, oh, they had that right-wing guy on their show. They're giving a platform to them. I go, when they have the left-wing people all the time, you have no problem with it. It's not. <laughs> when, like, when, uh, what's his name, Jones, when Jim Jones died, were people like, you know, he was a complicated guy. He was, he could, he could be difficult. <laughs> sure, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, speaking of difficult, it's always, especially with suicide, and, you know, I'm really happy with society right now because mental health awareness, I think, is at an all-time high. Yeah, and no, yeah, okay, but may, can, may I? Because it is. <laughs> that's, that's America in a fucking nutshell. Mental health awareness is an all-time high. Mental health resources, fucking At an all-time low. Well. Yeah, no, I was going to get to that. We're uh, aware. Well, no, it's sad. That's why, because whenever someone dies, it's it. Well, health in general sucks, because we all know people who have good, solid jobs have health insurance, but if anything tragic happens, they immediately start a GoFundMe. It's like saying, it's like, it's like your house is flooding and like uh, your awareness of a, of a bucket shortage is at an all-time high <laughs> because there's no fucking buckets. Like I really learned a lot about drowning. That's essentially <laughs> what it is. Yeah, learn to swim. It's, uh, what I meant to say really is that the stigma is starting to go away. Mm. Do you feel that? Uh, yeah, 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 I do. Where forever it felt like, just fucking cheer up. Are you, what, you, what, you sad? Just, yeah. you know. Just go have a beer and watch the game. <laughs> yeah. Not knowing that depression and sadness are different things. But it also, it also flipped a bit the other, the other way for me because what cracked me up was uh, the Jussie Smollett situation. You know, when it turned out, you know, some people were, were defending him and some people were like, you know, this could have happened and you don't know and all the rest of it. And I agree with those people. They didn't know. I'm always in the, in the just shut the fuck up and wait camp. That's my fucking... By the way, that's, you've had two good philosophies that should be on fucking bumper stickers. Let's treat people like they just died, which is hilarious. Put that on a shirt. And then the other one is shut the fuck up and wait. I would agree with that one like, too. I believe there are people looking into this. But people, everyone had their opinion. And then the people whose opinion turned out to be false, some of them were like... Well, you know, we gotta, he's probably got a mental illness. And it's like, look... I mean, if he do, someone hopefully is going to diagnose that at some point if it's true. But also, he could just be a fucking asshole. Yes. Like, it's like that's so... No, that so, is out there, yes. That's so stigmatizing. That, and that, like, trivializes mental illness so much. Where if you want to be on someone's side, you go, well, he's, you know, he's got problems. He may have. Or he may not. He may be just a fucking asshole. Yes, that's and a very it, good point. <laughs> and it's like, you're kind of... You're, look, there's all these people who do have mental health issues who are leading perfectly and even helpful lives, who are leading beneficial lives. And so if you were to blame everything that someone, whenever someone fucks up, it's like, well, he's got an imbalance. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he does. And if he does, I hope he gets the help he, he needs. But if he, you can't just say that because you look a little awkward on Facebook. 
That reminds me of, <laughs> that reminds me, I think this was on the podcast I did with, with Kevin Bozeman. We talked about sex addiction. Because whenever someone gets caught cheating, like yeah. usually a celebrity, they get caught like fucking around. They say, well, I'm a sex addict. I'm going to go get help. So I asked him, I go, do you believe sex addiction is a real thing? And he actually sold me on it. You know, I think that's another thing that people need to start doing. Don't be so married to your thoughts and ideas. Because yeah, yeah. I thought one way, and then he explained it to me in a way that I never really thought of. And I'm like, oh, damn, you're right, Kevin. Because I believed that sex addiction was a thing. Because in my mind, you why? You thought it was or it wasn't? I thought it was. Yeah. Because in my mind, I'm like, of course. Why wouldn't you be addicted to sex? It's one of the greatest things out there. Why wouldn't you be? That would make us. That makes sense as something to be addicted to. And then Kevin made a great point. He goes, "So these people who are sex addicts, they go get help. Are they allowed to have sex ever again?" And I'm like, "Well, yeah. Imagine." He goes, "Well, alcoholics aren't told. Well, you could <laughs> right, have just right. ch chill out, have a couple drinks a week. No, it's." <laughs> It's a real serious thing. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck, that's a goddamn good point. I never thought of that. Yeah, what's the non-alcoholic dick version? <laughs> yeah, I don't know, like, you know what I mean? Because, like... You got any, you got any of that O'Doul's vagina back there? Yeah, exactly. This <laughs> is just, like, have bad hand jobs the rest of your life. You'll come, but it's not the same thing. Yeah. That's your O'Doul's of sex. A, a, a hand job with no lotion or lube. Callous fingers, you know? He's got it bad, Just man. a female bassist is jerking you off the rest of your life. That's, that's what you're going to deal with. That's like the guy that just has, to, like, just has to smell the cigarette. Can you just breathe in my face? I knew someone like that who was yeah. quitting smoking. Just like, that has to be around the smell, which is weird because smoking cigarettes, is, the smell is the worst part. Mm. I like having an occasional cigarette when I have a few beers in me. The next day, I go, why did I do that? It smells, it's brutal, you know what I mean? I used to like, what I liked about smoking in bars is that you go into work the next day, stinking of it, and pe that way people would know you have a fucking social life. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you stink, yeah, because I, I have friends. I stink. That's why I... <laughs> yeah. I, someone likes to have a good time. <laughs> Sorry, nerds. So I do like... But back to the whole mental health thing, I think that's great that more and more people could... Oh, I know... We both know more and more people who are openly like, yeah, I yeah. suffer from no, depression. It's great. It's and so I think great. that's a good thing because the mind, the brain is also an organ. I always thought it was weird that people, if someone has kidney, you know, needs a kidney transplant, everyone's like, let's rally around them, or if you have lung cancer, we've got to help these people, we feel so bad for them, cancer sucks, but if someone's schizophrenic or has any kind of mental illness, yeah. people are just like, it's in their fucking head. Well, yeah. yeah, and their head controls everything, so why wouldn't that part of your body get sick too? And it's Remember? also, the th it also it, people will yell that, that whole, take, just take your meds, and again, like, the meds, or can be awful because when you think about it, when you think about it, you know, it, you know some of the behaviors of. You ever have Robitussin? Tastes like shit. <laughs> some meds are a real downer. Thumbs down, you know. But what, yeah. Why can't that be the one that they increase the cost by like four thousand percent? Can you imagine Robitussin? Robitussin. You got to get that Mexican Robitussin. A lot of, of seven-year-olds with strep throat. Yeah, they actually have medicine at the dollar store. You know. Mm. Which makes me think this shit's most medicine actually is very cheap to make. It's just the first pill yeah. costs about four hundred million. All the ones <laughs> after that are like two cents a pill. That's what they don't realize. Yeah. It's it's the banking that goes into them. Would you would you would you have dollar store Xanax? It's spelled Z E N. They're just totally spelled wrong. I don't know, man. I I like Aldi brand cereal. I'm sure their medicine's okay. I mean, I guess Aldi's not really a dollar, dollar store. Dollar store Xanax and some cereal circles. Serious. <laughs> I do love, um, fuck, what is, I can't remember, Aldi, which is a grocery store that's not everywhere in America, and I do have, I have international listeners too, Adam, 
Got some Australian do you know, listeners. Do you know what they call UK. Aldi in England? What is it? <laughs> I feel like this is going to annoy you. They call it Aldi. Oh, because it's an Aldi. Oh, that's right. Aldi is a German company. Is it? Yeah, I actually read about this. Two brothers started it, and one is one started. They both started grocery chains. One grocery store chain is Aldi, yeah. and the other one, Trader Joe's, <laughs> owned by the same company. Did they grow up in different wings of the same house? Apparently, like one grew up in a mansion, the other grew up in a shed. I, I don't know why they came up. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just, it was like the yin and the yang a, of it. I think it was a feud, actually. Was, was it, it a feud, feud? between yeah, the two? Yeah, they, they had, like, one of the brothers, I think Aldi was first, and then they, like, one of the brothers, like, split off with the other one because he was being a douche or something. I said, fuck you. Yeah. He said, I'm going to top Trader, your mozzarella sticks with some Trader shrimp Joe's. cocktail. And Wait, who these won? Are, Trader Joe's. These are two German brothers that had a falling out with someone? I think Aldi is, <laughs> yeah, right? It's very uncharacteristic. <laughs> I think Aldi is way better because they have normal parking Aldi. lots. Aldi! I just imagine the German version of Aldi. I can't do a German accent if I tried to. It just sounds embarrassing. It sounds like... That's what we're here for. You, I don't want to upset Jer Jewish listeners. They've just, it sounds like the most <laughs> cartoonish... No, because my German accent sounds like this cartoonish, like, Three Stooges, Hitler Well, to upset movies. Jewish listeners, it would have to be super accurate. Oh, really? Okay, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. It's bad. They'll be fine with it. Jewish listeners, you can hit up the podcast at joeatjoekillion.com. <laughs> Let me know what German accent would offend you the most. A good one or a bad one? A good one or a bad one, right? In the wake of, uh, I like how we're bouncing back and forth. In the wake of this, whenever someone commits suicide, people everywhere will say, hey, check on your friends. Check right. on your loved ones. Reach out to them. Make sure they're doing okay. But to me, I always think about whenever this happens, this part, here's where some of the humor comes in as a comedian. We always try to make things a little bit lighter, is if I, if I, I know if I start texting my friends, they're going to be like, what the fuck, man? You think I'm going to kill myself? <laughs> I, I know Brody died. I know you're texting me six hours later going, hey, how are you, man? Like, you want to text them, but do it in a way where it's not obvious yeah. you're checking in on them. Right. You kind of want to do like, hey, what's up, man? You, uh, but you've got to check them, otherwise you won't be able to say, I just talked to them. Yes, you need to do that. Because <laughs> that way you could tell your stories and make their death about you. <laughs> yeah. How else? And it made me realize I need to start taking more pictures with my friends. I didn't have enough <laughs> cool pictures to share on fucking Instagram. Damn it, I got to get them hearts. What, so other people's suicide is giving you FOMO? Yeah, fear of missing out. And being able to <laughs> hug and cry with people. Nah. <laughs> All right, now we got too fucked up with it, maybe. <laughs> Uh, if my, my two friends who are sitting right there, if they don't laugh at certain parts, I know the yeah. podcast is going yeah. south. Yeah, don't fucking pity me now, all right? I know what, I know what you're doing. But I then get this, though. Here's where more comedian narcissism plays into it. On the, the day or two, literally every post on my social media, Twitter and Facebook, was check in with your friends. Here are suicide hotlines. Check in with your friends. Nobody checked in with me. <laughs> do, do they just think, oh, he's way too conceited to kill himself? He would never. Yeah. No, it bummed me out a little bit. I thought yeah. for sure I'd get a text going, hey, man, everything okay with you? Should Last we, time I saw you, you looked a little tired. Should we do it like a game and tell? We all just, like, check on the next person. And then he's, you know, you know they have those, like... Uh, I'm just going to scroll through my phone when you say stop. I'm going to text that person. <laughs> and be like, hey, man, how's life? You're you not going to die, no, are you? Here's the thing about comedians, though. You text a comedian, uh, you see their name, you're like, oh, work. 
But if, if, if your name comes up and you're like, oh, I'm just checking to see if you're all right, I'm like, fuck you. I thought I, I, thought I had work Saturday. Fine. Yeah, no, because that's true. Like, I if I get a text from Adam working. Burke, I'm thinking he's going to be like, hey, man, yeah. a, what are you doing this weekend? I just got this gig. 75 and bucks in Kenosha? 75 bucks in Kenosha, man. Hell yeah, <laughs> all, dude. All it is is just me caring about your mental health like a real asshole. That would be the way to do it, though. <laughs> that's how you reach out to them. It's, it's got to be a gig. And then you then they cancel the gig the next day. Be like, ah, oh, dude, it fell through. Can you believe that shit? But glad you're healthy. <laughs> keep keep drinking water in the morning and taking them vitamins. There you go, man. That's how you gotta do it. All right, well, let's switch to some lighter shit. Speaking not, of not even lighter, because this might fire you up. Can I get a? You know, another drink? I, could um, can we get can we get someone to help us out? Uh, Alex Joyce, could you? Because you're just. Can I get one of those you, Miller lights on my tab? Thank yeah, you. I, I, thank you, Alex. Alex Joyce, everybody. I, I'm, you might as well, yeah, give me another one. I need a, I need a, I need a backup. Thanks, bud. Alex Joyce, great man. Runs a show called The Blackout Diaries here in Chicago every Saturday night at the Under the Gun Theater. Everyone check that out. That is also in the Wrigleyville neighborhood just down the street. So I was interested about this because you had a post on social media a few months ago now or maybe a couple, I don't even know when it was. Not that long ago. Do you know where I'm going with this? Oh, the, wait, which one? The burlesque the one? The burlesque one. All right, right, right. So your girlfriend who I've met a bunch, big fan of, uh, is a burlesque dancer, yep. an incredible one. Eva LaFeva. Eva LaFeva is the name. EvaLaFevaBurlesque.com. Could look her up. Uh, is that her website, too? Huh? What's, does she have a website we could plug or anything? I believe it's Eva LaFeva. Or Fever Pitch Productions. Fever so. Pitch? Yeah. I like that. And you made a post, basically, because you know, people could be... Burlesque has become so popular over the last, yeah. what, five to ten years, you want to say? It's... Thanks, buddy. I'm a big fan of it because comedy shows have been combining with burlesque. You used to run a show or co-run a show, Wiggle Room with Wiggle Michelle Lamore. Yeah. Michelle Lamore is like the Michael Jordan of a burlesque to me. Yeah. And I, one of the greatest people I've ever met, too. And uh, I remember doing those shows and loving them more just from the watching. And I tell people, they go, oh, you fucking perv. Like, I'm like, <laughs> no, dude, there's, like, there's artistry to this stuff. That you it's don't so even weird. realize. Well, it's that, fun. It's got like a. But that's the kind of thing. That's kind of at the heart of what I was saying. Can you just you summarize what you said? All I said was I just, and it's weird because it wasn't a specific instance. But something came up that made me think about this, and it's just sometimes. Some of my friends, some friends, but more often acquaintances or people who've just met me, will find out that my girlfriend is a burlesque dancer. What? I'm, la I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. My f I've, I've, been doing a th I've been trying to keep my phone away from me. Yeah. I just took it out for a split second and that joke about, you know, and I, I, it's a text from Patty Vasquez asking me if I was okay. <laughs> sorry, I, I had to laugh about it. And once you, you got you, you to text her back. I'm not, because I think I hear her laughing <laughs> in the distance. You got to let her know. Hey, James, James Webb was telling me I got to put my phone away because I accidentally look at it. And then another, uh, Chad McDaniels, who's a, a, a big uh, fan of our show, who I love, I'm a big fan of yours, Chad. He made a tweet the other day saying that people who watch Killgallons Live, like on YouTube or when we go live on Facebook, Killgallons Pub Live, I should have said. I said Killgallons Live like a fucking idiot. Uh, he said that we should do a <laughs> drinking game where every time Joe looks at his phone, people drink. <laughs> and the reason, that's why I have this notepad now, everyone, is because, you know, I have a couple little things I want to plug and things I got to write down. I try to keep it, you know, free flowing though. I would have those on my phone. That'd be on right. my notepad part of my phone. But yeah. you can't help it when you get a bunch of texts in a row. Yeah. You know, usually some stupid text that I have about like sports or some dumb thing, and I glance at it real quick, and then I realize, oh shit, what the <laughs> hell did you just say? And then I have to go, yeah, yeah, and then I pivot back to what I want to talk about. 
Anyway, Adam, you can finish your point. Sorry, no, you I killed the flow. You really need to text Patty back. I'm not going to. I, I can hear her laugh him. in the background. I just texted him like a minute ago. Patty, I'm not okay, actually, because I realized I failed again. I had a goal for the podcast. If not something happens phone. between now and you leaving the door, she's going to feel so bad. She's Walk me to my car, Patty. <laughs> so, no, it, it came from this thing where... Um, it happened, it happened with a few friends, but it happened, it happened with acquaintances. And a few ex-friends, right? No, 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 no. not ex-friends. Right, good. But, like, people who, like, you know, uh, would ask me about my girlfriend or whatever, and I would tell them that they're a burlesque dancer, and then there would be some, like, someone, some guy at a show was like, oh, you mean a dancer like burlesque? I thought you meant a stripper. And he said it was, like, such fucking relief. And it, it, to me, it's just like, a... Who the fuck cares? Like, you know what I mean? What's what's the difference? And who cares? And also, it's like, so I, I said, uh, I said, a lot of my friends have feelings about the fact that my burlesque, uh, that my girlfriend is a burlesque dancer, and you know, take my the take the amount of fucks I give times it by a thousand. That's still less than half the fuck she gives about your opinion. And that's, that's that seemed over like maybe that was over compatible. But what what I meant was, like. Again, people would make the conversation, people would make the thing that my girlfriend's passionate about, the thing she does for a living, they would make it about me somehow. And that annoyed the fuck out of me. They would, the way they would talk about it. Or I would say, like, you know, someone would go, what are you doing? I'm, I'm going to see my girlfriend. She's performing. And they're like, oh, I couldn't do that to you. Like, to me. Couldn't do what, do what to me? Watch her? Yeah. Oh, they didn't want to go to the show? Okay. And it's like, like, it's just I'm not part of this equation. She's going to be doing it anyway. So straight, like she's made her living. She makes. She works really hard at it. She has her own production company, and it's just that's the thing about it. There's just, you know, I thought it was weird about it, and I said that, and <laughs> rather annoyingly, my girlfriend saw that, and she actually took the more mature um, viewpoint on it, is because what she said was, look, people are brought up in a certain way that they have no control about. Some people are more open-minded. Some people, but a lot of people were given certain, uh, they were given a certain way of looking at sex and their naked body. And the, the, the naked body in a certain upbringing is only sexual and it's shameful. And that person who is, who's basically expressing that has no say over that, you know what I mean? Because they got 18 years of like, naked bodies are weird and a lot of guilt. And you can't, yeah, right, right. So she was actually really cool about it. Uh, it made me look like a bit of a dick, but, but, I, but, I, no, but I really appreciated that. That's the way she looks at it, where it's like, yeah, I understand you're not going to be comfortable with it. But to me, I would go back to that point where it's like, like, I, you know, I've been with her for like six years. And even if I'd only been with her for three months, it's like we're both adults. Yes. You know, she can do whatever the fuck she wants. Uh, to be quite frank, if, like, if I was with someone who didn't like that I did comedy... I wouldn't be in that relationship. Yeah, because it's you know I mean? such a part of who you are. And it's like, and she's never asked me to do or not do anything in comedy. I mean, because I was naturally not doing so much in comedy just <laughs> because I'm not particularly good at it. But, um, but she'd never done that. And I would just never, it, it was, I just always thought that was weird when people were like. Well, she makes a good point, though. I can understand how someone could, but I think that's just because they're ignorant about what burlesque is. You know, yeah. I, I, because I don't look at it like, oh, this is jerk off material for later. Right. Like some, like the average person would, maybe. Maybe I'm putting too much on the average person. But the <laughs> average guy, no, actually, I'm not. The average guy is a fucking moron when it comes to stuff like that, I guess. 
so when they look at it, they might be thinking, ooh, it's like, you know, it's a strip show. I don't want to be watching my buddy's girlfriend and all that. I, I could kind of I could kind of get where they're coming from if they think it's that way, but I look at it like, oh, it's this fun music, it's this throwback, it's got this jazzy, cool feel to me. But even if you find it sexual, I don't think that's even the problem. Like, you can find it. You don't it think sexual. that, yeah, you're fine with that. And it's fine, but it's like, just act like a fucking adult. Don't, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. They, should, <laughs> you know they shouldn't say anything. They should... If, Enjoy it however you want to enjoy it. Well, if, if someone said, hey, I'm, I'm going to, you know, my girlfriend's show, and they, instead of saying, oh, I couldn't go do that to you, maybe just shut the fuck up and be like, oh, I've got other plans if it makes you uncomfortable. And there's people That's who what take, they should do. People who take it the other way where they're like, I've seen guys who are tangentially related to the show, like, just try to walk into dressing rooms and stuff. Can you, can you explain the word tangentially for um, <laughs> my listeners around the world? No, like they've got some. I slip. forgot to introduce that you're from, uh, but you've been on the podcast before. Before <laughs> Adam Burke was on like episode, like I don't know, forty weeks ago or something. This is episode forty-eight now, man. I think you were on like episode in the teens. Yeah, yeah, you're, t- you're doing great. Thank you. We're man. all very proud. Are you doing okay? I'm. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> well, you know, me and Patty have got this. You and Patty have been covered. Support I don't need anyone else. No, it's like so. Um, just someone who's like, I think there was an actual instance of this. Someone who kind of knew someone in the band, you know, there was a live band playing, and some fucking guy would just walk into the dressing room where, like, all the dancers were changing. And someone's like, what the fuck are you doing? He's like, nah, I know someone. And it's like, that's, he's too far the other way. Like, you're too, yeah, that's too much, too man. comfortable. <laughs> you know what I mean? But that's it's like, just, uh, that's some Trump Miss Teen shit right there. I just think it's like, if someone, look, if you're not comfortable with it, that's totally fine. Yeah. But it's also like, um, you know what the deal is. Um, you don't. Again, the only thing that wears me out about it is the notion that somehow I, you know, that I have to feel about a way about their feelings. Well, they assume that it's their own stuff they're projecting on you. Mm-hmm. They're thinking if my girlfriend did something like that, where she's removing clothing and the center of attention and whatever, uh, that they would wouldn't want their friends there watching. Right. I think they're going to the far extreme right. of thinking it's the same as being a stripper, which it's not. Right. And they're thinking, oh, man, if, you know, if my girl was stripping, I wouldn't want my buddies there go, woo, and throwing dollar bills at her, which, is, which, of course, it's not that. I'm just letting you know how some people think. No, sure, that's, and that's fine. And all I would say with that is what's easier for you in that situation? If you are, if you are with someone who's in um, some sort of adult industry and you feel a way about it, right? What's easier, to try and police where your friends never see that person do the thing that they want to do for a living or are passionate about? Or is it just easier not to date that person? I would say that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Are you going to tell them not to do the thing that they love? Are you going to tell them, hey, don't work at these bars because my mates, you know, my friends go there? That's crazy to me. The, The answer there is find someone who, if, if you're discomfort- Or get new friends, too. Huh? Or get new friends, too. Or get too. new friends, or whatever, or just find the comfort level that you're comfortable with. Yeah. But if you're honestly not comfortable with it, you're never going to be, I don't think you're ever going to be comfortable with it, unless you, like, really work on it and all the rest of it. But if you think that that's any sort of transactional thing that's going on, then, w- you know, I feel for those people, because th- I understand that that's driving you crazy. But, like, there are people who have spouses and have boyfriends and girlfriends in this business who are jealous and that's you know that's torture that's self-administered torture why would you do that to yourself yeah that i mean that happens in i think a lot of that 
the arts, anything in entertainment, acting, music, comedy, because it's always, I feel like the relationships I know that end up getting divorced and stuff like that, like we have a comedian friend who got divorced not that long ago, and I remember saying to her, oh, you know what it was? You started comedy after you were married. Yeah. You know? It, yeah. Like, I, I, we start, I started well before I got married. So I think that kind of helps. I think it's almost better that way because it wasn't like this big surprise. I could see how the average couple could have a problem where, you know, they're living their, their life and they're happy and everything like that, and all of a sudden one of them is like, I'm going to go to bars seven nights a week. Yeah. I'll say this. Like, <laughs> I'm hang not, out not, with the dreads of society. Not that I came to it super woke or anything. I, I, I think I got really lucky because I've been working in burlesque. I've been doing a weekly That's burlesque true. show. One sort of burlesque. Uh, I've been doing at least a couple of burlesque shows, maybe like at least once a week for about six or seven years. I heard you used to just walk backstage when they were changed. <laughs> no, but I'm cool. So I'm actually weird very, I'm, I'm very almost puritanical about that. Where I, where I, where I, the thing is, I'm not changing clothes as a host. So why, the, why am I in the dressing room? That's, that was the easiest rule for me. Why am I there? I'm not putting on fucking makeup. I'm not adding rouge. So my thing was I'm never like going back there. Maybe you're getting some coffee. But I know? had, but, <laughs> but I had just, uh, just happened to like, by that point, it, you know, it doesn't even, you know, phase me. Like I, I don't even notice. It was never like, uh, you know, at that point to me, like it, it become desexualized to a point. Like I could, I could absolutely appreciate that sexy, and I totally appreciate that people are losing their minds. But to me, it was work. You know, yeah. I was just at work, so. I was about six years in. Six you were the DJ at the strip club. No, I'm just fucking <laughs> around. I'm not comparing <laughs> but, it. Um, but then, and that, and then, I, then I met my girlfriend. Like, um, and did you meet her? Did you see her dance before you met her? I saw her, I saw her do belly dance. Ooh. And yeah, and she was yeah, That's she was right. Amazing. She was and telling then I, me when we were I hanging out that one time that she was belly I tried not dance. to talk to her because I was like, very attracted to her. Were you intimidated? I was attracted to her. Oh. And I was like, well, See, I'm that's, intimidated that's by the people I'm attracted to. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I was you. intimidated as well. But I was like, that's not a good look. <laughs> to be like going up scared? <laughs> yeah. Hi, my name's Adam. If I like your belly. Someone, uh, the first thing I want to do is get as far away from them as possible. Yeah, so that's a shocking approach. But yeah, you are, <laughs> yeah, how's that worked in the past? It was very suave. You, uh, you do have like um, a very adult approach to things, I've noticed though. And it's always fun to hear people evolve. Not that you've ever needed to. I think you've always been kind of like very... Like an I elder, like shit. you're wise. You're a wise, dude. You don't have to lie. But you don't have to it's be modest. Nice way about of saying it. I'm ten years older than you. You are you about ten years? Yeah, you are actually. And um, but I, it's fun for me though because I've got friends, you know, 33, 34, that are finally getting over like certain things where I'm like, dude, grow the fuck up. <laughs> I remember my one friend's dating this girl that another one of our friends dated eight years ago. Right. And someone said like, Is that, how could you do that? Is that, isn't that weird for you? I'm like. Grow the forty you gonna say sloppy seconds, you third grader? Like who who thinks that way still? Like that's like that's like sophomore year of high school shit. You yeah, know? eight years later is not sloppy seconds. Uh, yeah. Like, <laughs> sloppy thirty seconds, maybe. Right. I mean, you know, it's always funny to me too, because like in high school, because everything's so small, you think to yourself, like, oh, you you wanna be with someone who hasn't been with a lot of other people. But then when you become an adult, you're like, this person's been with two people. What a fucking weirdo. I don't want to have sex <laughs> yeah, with someone exactly. who's already been with two people. I do want to talk about that phrase, though. That comes up all the time. When people complain about shit, they always go, this is some high school bullshit. This is oh, some yeah, high yeah. school. But people say that all the time. People say that. That's true. It is it, overused. I didn't realize that. And it's like, maybe high school was the perfect preparation for what life is. 
Because people are like, oh, it's so petty and shitty and high school is like so clicky. It's like, yeah, I have never been in a situation that isn't like that. And Good point. it's like maybe, maybe high school low key. Because well, high school is always a thing that you meet a lot of people and you're like, you are not over high school. You're stuck yeah. in that world. Whether they peak too early or they're still craving the attention they never got from the, whoever the so-called cool kids. I did quotes by, everybody who were listening. Or they drive by slowly in a van. That too, you know. <laughs> That's very yeah. true. I'm just not over high school, Your Honor. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I drove a van in high school. That's why I'm slow to react to what you're saying. I'm like, come on, man. There's nothing wrong with a Plymouth Voyager. It was a Plymouth Voyager. It was a green minivan. Green minivan? Yeah, it was my dad's car. I didn't own it, but I drove it on the week. My dad would let me How borrow it on the weekend. I think I was, I've been in this. You were in this. A <laughs> yeah. lot of people were in that van. Actually, I switched. I upgraded. They actually, This way, van actually owned because I, um, it was still given to me. I'm not going to lie. Uh, in my mid-20s, early to mid early. From, I don't know, a good six or seven years, I drove a minivan, and every comedian loved it. The problem with driving a minivan is that people will hit you up to go, hey, I got a couch that needs to be moved. And you're kind what? of like, people oh. will say, hey, can you help me move a couch? And it's like, fuck. It's like the worst car for that. Now I have a Toyota Camry, and it's great because someone's like, can you help me move? I go, dude, I got a Camry. There's a car seat in the back. I can't do anything the for it. The only problem now, everyone thinks you're their Uber. A Toyota Camry? No, this is an O2. It's, it's, it's got, it, people know this car is not nice enough. Although one time I was, on, I was in Wicker Park on Milwaukee Avenue. Sorry for the local reference, uh, uh, worldwide listeners. And this girl, she had been drunk. She like knocked on my window and I'm like, rolled, and she was hot actually. So I kind of thought like, someone saw me cross the street. And <laughs> as if a hot woman would be like, hey, you're really hot, and I saw you walking. <laughs> Could I blow you? Where are you going? Which way do you live? I would love to just get in the car with you right now. Yeah. So I rolled down the window going, hey, what's up? Like, thinking maybe I knew her or whatever. And she's like, are you my Uber? And she's like looking at her phone. I'm like, what Uber has this piece of shit car? <laughs> like, I know that because when I lived in LA, I thought about like looking into Uber because you know, it's a good side job for comedians. You know, create your own hours. And, there, and you have to have a car that's no more than like five years old. Five or six years, I think that's what the rule was. Maybe they've changed that a little bit, but I'm, I'm like, O2 people Camry such, doesn't cut it. People are such dipshits. You could be on a fucking tricycle, and people would be like, are you my Uber? They are, I, I know, it's funny. I actually know someone who said she would purposely go up to cars that they knew weren't Ubers. Like, in, <laughs> this is an L.A. thing to do, I feel like, where, like, if she saw some guy, like, in a Mercedes or, like, a BMW, like, you know, one guy, one of those guys that buys the car for, like, a status symbol, yeah. one of those assholes, and walks right up to him and goes, and like tries to open the back door and goes, Excuse, you're not going to get a five-star rating for having locked doors. Like, what? You're my Uber. Open up. And they kind of just look like, Uber drivers don't drive a BMW. And it's like, yeah, they do. Like, just to fucking with their head, you know? The ones who hustle do. Yeah, exactly. The ones I, with big dicks. <laughs> I got into my landlord's car once. I just, and it's really stupid. I was like, I thought it was my Uber, but in, in, on reflection, it was a fucking pickup truck. It was. <laughs> I, just, I just got in the back, so I just got. I thought in you the like side. jumped in the bed and just started and laying I, down. I, yeah, I should have. I just got in the side, and but what's great about it was his reaction, because he went, "Hey, what's up?" And I was like, uh, "Yeah, uh, you know, downtown." He was like, "Huh?" <laughs> and I went, "Huh?" And he went. Do I know you? And I was like, whoa, wait, are you not an Uber? And he's like, no. I, was oh, like, that's I own beautiful. this building. That's beautiful. Oh, you never met your landlord? I didn't know him, no. Oh, yeah, I guess if you live in a big building with a lot of units, why would you? You don't really see that person on a day-to-day -day basis. Why would you? All right, well, we talked about burlesque. We talked about suicide, all sorts of fun stuff, right? <laughs> um, burlesque and suicide is a good name for a podcast. Suicide burlesque or burlesque suicide? Suicide burlesque is good, yeah. Well, you, ever, you, know, you ever see Suicide Girls? Those yeah, These hackers right. are all tatted up. 
They do live shows, but what do they do? Did just you dance say, around? Did you say their knockers are real tatted up? No, I said they're <laughs> hot girls that are tatted up. Are there knock? They might have tatted up breasts too. That's you officially becoming a dad when you start saying knockers. I would, <laughs> I would love to bring that back. I called Knock. them puppies recently because I think I was talking about old uh, Jim Ross used to call them puppies, right, James? Yep. You're a wrestling guy. Yeah. Look at those puppies. How long have we been doing the podcast? Uh, we're at 47 minutes. 47. All right, cool. We want to keep it to puppies? an hour. You call them puppies because you're looking forward to telling your son he can't have one? No, we already have a puppy. <laughs> we got a boxer lab that's like 85 pounds. She needs to drop a couple pounds. She's a badass, though. She's a feminist. Are, you, are you body shaming your dog? You got to, man. I'm, I'm a big <laughs> fan. I t- we talked about this uh, a couple weeks ago on the podcast about I think body shaming is key. I don't think it's key. Like I'm for, I was saying that I'm for body positive, like don't beat yourself up over and people shouldn't give you a hard time and make you feel bad for being overweight. You know, that's a dick move. I, I, my best friend growing up was overweight, and I always hated it when people made fun of him. That's actually why I became kind of a fighter, because he would laugh it off, and I would punch them. That's, you know, and sometimes <laughs> I'd punch people who actually knew how to punch back. I love that you're blaming your overweight friend. I am, man, you know. Problem. If you would have done some cardio, I wouldn't have become a psychopath <laughs> later on who's so quick pliers. to hit people. So, yeah, man, that's, that's on you. No, he listens to the podcast, so he knows. But uh, he's the best dude in the world. And um, No, but I remember, I remember hitting a few people. Early on, I just didn't, I didn't like it, you know. And uh, but no, I'm not saying body shaming. I'm not saying be a fucking asshole to people. But I'm saying like if you're doing it to yourself. I'm okay with that. What's if a lower level of shame? What's um, concern? What is concern? Yeah, there's got to be something to it. Guilt. Because here's the funny thing about it. I know a lot of overweight people. We all do. That they don't even like the idea that people are telling them it's okay. Yeah. They hear that going like, fuck you. I don't need skinny people rallying for me. Yeah. The same way that I, we have black friends who are like, tell your white friends to shut the fuck yeah. up. They don't need to speak on our behalf. We right. know what we're doing. We don't like, like the, you mentioned, we mentioned the Jesse Smollett thing yeah. earlier. I knew he was a liar because he spelled Jesse wrong, right? He, he says his name but is Jesse. It's Jesse. That's, he nailed Smollett? Smollett's pretty good. That's, <laughs> uh, that's a standard last name. Everyone Jesse is not a first L's, name. two L's, two T's. And, you know. No, I just <laughs> felt like a dick because I kept going, Jesse Smollett. Someone's like, it's Jesse. And I'm like, no, it's not. I changed that right away. Reminded me of my dad. There was a basketball player named Jeff Hornacek. Played for the Utah Jazz, everyone. Great free throw shooter. And we were watching the game back when the Bulls were beating them in the finals. I must have been like 12 or 13. And um, my dad said something about, um, he, said, he, said he called him Jeff Hornacek. And I go, his name is actually Jeff Hornacek. And my dad goes, I know a Polak last name when I see one. <laughs> it's Hornacek. Your dad was so woke. Yeah, he really was. <laughs> uh, so anyway, though, um, and I miss that stuff. You used to be able to say, like, Polak, Dago, and fun thing like that, where people didn't <laughs> you think you actually have, hated them. You just a really funny joke. Was it your granddad? Uh, had like the the biggest collection of racial slurs. I kind of what was it? I'll show you how to make fun of a Prussian. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, it talks about how you couldn't swear in front of old people. And I learned all my stories in front of old people. And there used to be more. You can make fun of ne- ethnicities that no longer exist. I can tell a Prussian got to go fuck himself. <laughs> yeah, that was a good bit. Damn, I should put that on something. That's not on any recording. Thanks, Adam. It's good to have you around. Yeah, well, <laughs> glad I could help. You doing all right? I'm I'm, I'm alive. Yeah, I'm alive. Um, that is funny. There used to be, I think we talked, might have talked about this before, but there used to be more white-on-white racism. That's weird that that's gone away. Yeah, I mean, I still do it. <laughs> I'm in a text group uh, with like 12 or 13 of my high school buddies about random stuff, and there's a lot of Polak, Dago, you know, stuff like that. I you know, you dumb kraut, and yeah, we, we, we hit all like the white. I think Chicago is such a big, any major city, I feel it's a major city thing. People who grew up in major cities that have, you know, immigrants come through. Yeah. It's almost a rite of passage. I remember when I was really young, 
the older kids, because you know I had like older babysitters and stuff like that, they didn't like Polish people because Polish was the big wave of immigrants in Chicago at the time. Chicago actually, for those of you not aware of this, has the second biggest Polish population yeah. outside of Warsaw, Poland. Right. Like there are tons of Polish people in this yeah. city. There's still, I, and not just Polish American, like Polish, like from Poland, got here eight years ago. Two Polish language papers, I think, just published. In yeah, Park. it's it's big, and so they got a hard time. And then after that, we got a big. We had a little. You know, I went to Chicago Public Grade School, got a little wave of some Eastern European. <laughs> Remember my one friend Chris calling them the multicultural club because there was like four girls. They always hung out with each other and one was Bulgarian, one was Estonian, and one was <laughs> Polish, and the other one was something else. And he's like, fucking multicultural club over here. I don't know. He said it in a funny way. You're looking at me like it's not that funny, Adam. I, I feel the judgment. No, I was trying to, uh, yeah, multicultural is, I mean, they're still all Eastern Europeans. <laughs> I guess. Not, that's a good point. Well, to us, to us, that's UN. a different culture. It's... <laughs> It's all the same. If you don't speak American, and we called it American, that's it's like yeah, you're you're something else. You're a foreigner. Someone eats their. They were hot though, man. They were hot. Bulgarian girls smoking, man. There was a lot of Bulgarian girls in my school. Really good. Yeah, Bulgarian. There was a lot of Bulgarian girls and um, Latvian. A few few Latvian girls were pretty sexy. Um, Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. You know, it's funny. I was talking about this not that long ago. And my one friend was like, dude, you're thinking about sexy 13-year-olds right now. And I go, real quick, don't make me out to be some kind of fucking pedophile. I'm thinking about them through my 13-year-old brain yeah. when I saw them. You know what I mean? I'm not looking at their, my seventh grade class picture going, oh, I want to fuck her still. Like, that would be a little different. You know, I saw that there was a big thing on social media not that long ago. This whole podcast is just me bitching about social media at this point. Where people were saying, oh, you know how you guys fantasize about Kelly Kapowski? You realize that was a 16-year-old, right? Who's it's, Kelly Kapowski? God, you're such a foreigner, man. God damn it. Like, <laughs> hey, it's I'm the last time I have a non-American on the show. Limb. Kelly Kapowski is a foreigner. <laughs> yeah, it's, she just sound like she'd be from like Belmont and Austin, right? Um, God damn it. Local reference, James. I got to stop doing that. So she was on Saved by the Bell. Oh, okay. Tiffany Amber Thiessen was the actress right. who played a character named Kelly well, Kapowski. She wasn't 16 when she was playing it. She actually was. Oh, she was? Because it's rare. Because people forget, like, 90210 was a big teen show in the 90s. Luke Perry was 33 playing a 17-year-old yeah, or something. Right. Even that, there was a movie not that long ago where it was the actress from, you know, the show Arrested Development? Actually, Gareth Reynolds, who was one of the writers on Arrested Development on the show last week, uh, and he's fantastic. Check him out. He's got, check him out. He's got a podcast called The Dollop. And he... Uh, we're talking about the rest of the development. There was the actress who played Anne. You know, that had the oh, one yeah. of the, oh, her? That show always had the best running gags. Her. Yeah. Her? Yeah. Um, she's his. They had, in the yearbook, under her picture, it said not pictured, which is hilarious. It, it was just for, for, it said not pictured <laughs> under her yearbook picture. Because they just talked about how plain she was. And she was just like, yeah. people would forget she was even there. I'm that was pretty, like the running gag. I'm pretty gag. sure the internet would like to tell me that I won't believe what she looks like now. Yeah, that's a big one, too. You won't believe what... I'm like, no, I believe it. She I grew up, she's a little older and, and got sexy. Or didn't. The only but, way I wouldn't believe it is if they looked exactly the fucking same way they did in Greece. You know what I mean? That's yeah. The only way. You won't believe what fucking Olivia Newton... No, because these are actors. They usually... Yeah, I mean, they usually look pretty good. If they, I, unless I they like lose, unless they leave the business. Yeah. If it's a child actor, if it's a guy, I know they're going to look like shit. Yeah. If it's a female child actor, they're going to be like stripper hot. That's what I've noticed from those things. Because I saw before Fuller House came out, you know, the Full House that's back. Fuller Houseki? Yeah, Fuller Houseki. They had a thing. She was pretty cute. Where it's like, stars, where are they now? And Jody Sweden, who was like Stephanie Tanner on the show Full House, she was one of them and she was smoking hot. They had her like in a bikini where she was just like, bam, you know? Joe's just throwing out more sitcom references so you can 
shame me for not knowing them. Well, I don't know <laughs> what you watched back in. I never. We never. We, in the Northern never Ireland. Full House, and we never. Um, my sister did watch uh, Saved by the Bell somehow. The one we got that we couldn't escape is fucking Family Ties. Oh, that was that was big in Ireland. That's surprising. Yeah, yeah. Because that, that was such an '80s republic. Not like. Yeah. It was a Reagan show. Yeah. In a way, well, it was kind of like that. The parents were these hippies that met in the '60s, and their son was this big corporate. Because in America at the time, there were so many movies that were like Wall Street yeah. and like you know that type yeah. of thing, like very pre-American Psycho. And that's what that show, that show represents 80s America in a lot of ways. Yeah, Family Ties is an American Psycho prequel. Yes, I would definitely agree with you on that one. For sure, you nailed it. So I was saying about uh, the, I was talking about 90s sitcoms again. Oh yeah, so Kelly Kapowski, who yes, she was the heartthrob of every boy who grew up in that era. Heartthrob, that's a dumb word, because it's not, the heart is not the organ that's throbbing. Okay, she was the dick throb. <laughs> there you go. You're such a professor. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, so when, and then I remember seeing a bunch of people on Twitter, like, giving guys shit for, because they were selling, like, yeah. Kelly Kapowski t-shirts at Target, where it's the picture of her as, like, a 17-year-old, 16-year-old, like, from Saved by the Bell photo shoot. Was, was Mr. Freely on that one? No, that's Mr. Feeney's Boy Meets World, and that's Topanga you're thinking about. Uh, very, very busty. Who's the I like cool Topanga. teacher from, from uh, Saved by the Bell? The guy with the bolo ties. He what? He wasn't cool. He was Mr. Tutty, the fat guy. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. Uh, real quick, anyone know? We got a live audience for the first time ever. You guys know who he's mullet, talking about? Apparently. But that would be way, way weirder if you were just attracted to the teachers on those shows. <laughs> like I was thirteen, but I was really into Mr. Freely. No, they had a school nurse on an episode. Yeah. Who was, was that really the speed hot? Episode? No, it wasn't the Speed episode. That was hey, that was a good one. I'm I know so the excited. references, but I've never, I've never seen the show. Yeah, you, it's on Netflix. You should, oh, I want Saved you to by binge. The Bell? I would love for you, as a foreigner at your age, binge watch, binge watch Saved by the Bell. That that's a podcast. Because I've got I've got sad news. It really doesn't hold up very well. Like as an, <laughs> as an adult watching it now, you're like, this wasn't that good. Why did I love it so much? And then you realize it was because oh, I was nine and how long Zach was Moore. Zach Moore still is one of the coolest fucking people of all time. How, uh, that was the main character. Actually. How long is each episode? It's 30 minutes, 22 minutes without commercials. So what would be cool, well, I'll do a podcast where I set a 15-minute timer, and, uh, and when it goes off, I no longer have to watch, so it'll be saved by the Saved by the Bell. Well, that's been Killian's <laughs> Pub, everybody. It's been a good, I uh, really thank the company. <laughs> uh, anyway, though, um, yeah, well, where, how do we get to this again? You know, you, I, I was you had a boner for a 16-year-old. <laughs> but I, I look at her through 16-year-old eyes, so I think it's okay. Yeah, no, right. <laughs> I think it's okay. <laughs> I believe that's a cut from the new R. Kelly album. Yeah, 16-year-old's eyes. <laughs> She's got 16-year-old eyes. <laughs> that's pretty good. I like that one. That's good. All right, Adam. You won yourself back after the Say by the Bell pun I didn't care for. Jesse Smollett we talked about, though, very briefly. Yeah. What cracked me up about that was... When that first broke, I was with you with the Let's Wait and See camp. All the people who were doubting him were our black comedian friends. Yeah. They yeah, were all yeah. like, that's a bullshit story. I don't buy that at all. Yo, you're walking on a subway at that exact time, yeah, and yeah. this goes down in that neighborhood. Oh, fuck off. This guy's full of shit. And then I remember mentioning that, and then having white friends give me a hard time, and just being like, okay, now you guys, like, there's become a thing with these social justice warriors where I'm not just here to shit on them because they get shit on all the time. There's a lot of stuff they do that I agree with, but there's some things where I'm like, all right, you're just too quick. 
You're too quick yeah, on the trigger right. sometimes. Right. And you're doing a thing where you're shitting on the white people who are doubting him when it's mostly not white people who are doubting him. There's a weird Which thing. is weird. But all, even people have like an anxiety about not having expressed an opinion. Mm -hmm. That's the crazy thing to me because like people will shame people for saying nothing. Yes. They'll go like, where were you when this, why didn't you speak up? But it's like, no. I was buying groceries. I was living life. <laughs> I got a fucking child, okay? <laughs> I've had that. I was talking about that with, with a friend recently. I got into a LeBron James, Michael Jordan debate. Who's better? Michael Jordan, duh. And I didn't answer one of the messages because I went out to do things. And I came back and like, I, you know, like nine hours later, I signed into Facebook and I saw notifications and it was like, huh, where are you on that one? Someone disappeared, huh? What, are you looking up more stats? Where'd you go? Where'd you go? And I'm That's like, I fucking, <laughs> I went out to dinner with my family. I had things to do. What the fuck are you doing with your life, man? Where did you go? You know the laptop closes, right? You know the, they you don't can get just that. Take that hinge and just... I've seen that on other threads. I've seen that on like Twitter threads where they're like, oh, I own that guy. Where'd he go? And I'm like, <laughs> he, he had some errands to run, my it's man. Like inter, it's like you don't have internet object permanence. You know that thing that kids have? <laughs> like when you take something away, they, and they think go, it's gone hey, forever. Want that <laughs> yeah, no, my kid does that right now, too. And you got distracted him with something else. Yeah, I was distracted with responsibilities <laughs> I had to take care of. Distracted with responsibilities, also a good podcast name. No, it's a really good one, yeah. <coughs> Excuse there me. There you go. I like burping into the mic so people know it's real. So people know it's real. So, I don't know if someone said Jesus Christ in the background. You <laughs> brought up a good point. We're going to end on this, too. This is a cool subject. I, I like a good either or. Oh, yeah. You threw a good either or at me a few weeks ago. I know. I think I could tell by the, the little, uh, <laughs> your eyes are getting a little wider. I could tell you're excited with this one. You asked me. If I could get rid of one artist's music between these two, or one, just get rid of the person, I think you said. No, no, not the person. The oh. way the game works is you, you go, whichever go one it. you don't pick, all of their recorded input and the, this, this, all, every cover of that song disappears. They just, you press a button, and the one you so don't you just delete pick, their catalog. You delete their catalog, and it's like influence. You don't, don't factor in influence. You don't have to go, well, if they don't exist, this band wouldn't happen. Sure. It's not that. It's just you never get to hear those songs ever again. It's really about the songs. Like, what songs can you live without? Okay. You, sum that, you summarized that perfectly. And Adam gave this to me. Michael Jackson versus Prince. Yeah. Which I think is kind of a common one that people would do. Yeah, and I'm always surprised by, because you pick what most people pick, and it always surprises me. I picked Michael Jackson. Yeah, because I think it's a no-brainer Prince. You say, yeah, you're very snotty to say no-brainer, <laughs> by the way. I think of it this way. When it comes to musicianship, Prince is in a league of his own. He's one of the greatest of all time. There's nothing he can't do. He's phenomenal. But from an entertainer's standpoint, to me, Michael Jackson. Like, if I had one, I would want to see Michael. Like, well, Michael, you ever see the video of when he bust out the moonwalk for the very first time at that Motown celebration? Yeah. yeah. And they cut to the crowd, and it was like people were fainting. They were losing <laughs> their minds at what they just saw. He was so much more. He, he, he wrote the songs, too, obviously. Not all of them. Not all of them, but he did write a lot of his own stuff. He did. You gave me a look like Quincy Jones, which is bullshit. <laughs> Quincy Jones it's produced a lot. It's not complete bullshit. It's not complete bullshit, but Michael Jackson it's did. A little bit of if bullshit. you look it up, Michael Jackson has sole writing credit on a lot of his songs, which made it, which is rare for a pop star. It's true. Does someone want to back me up on that? I, I, I can't take my phone out because I said I wouldn't do it anymore, but it's, it, it's true. I looked it up a lot. And, and he was an incredible dancer. He was a performer. His songs just had more of a connection to things, where Prince, to me, is the cool guy answer. Prince is the, not as popular as Michael Jackson. You think I'm 20. giving the cool guy answer to fucking I anything? didn't say you were, but I say in general. I feel like people... I didn't know who Kelly Kapowski was. Look, Prince is what's... 
I just feel like as far as, there's a reason Michael Jackson was called the king of pop. Yeah, but Prince, here's the, here was my argument. No one covers Michael Jackson songs. Everyone covers Prince songs because Prince's songs are better. The songs are fucking better written. There's more structure to them. They're like, they're just, they have moments to them. Whereas like, the thing is about Michael Jackson's songs. They were better written and more structured. They would have been bigger hits. They, they were bigger. He, no, he never outsold Michael Jackson on anything. Michael Jackson could have came in a cup. In a, Michael, Michael Jackson could have jerked off in a cup and would have sold I more. I bet you Prince has more top ten uh, Billboard top one. Well, he's got hits. a bigger catalog, I believe. Yeah, he's got more. Yeah, because he well, was a if you would have asked me this though, writer. apparently Prince has hours of unreleased shit. Yeah, and that's enough to entice me to be like, ooh, do I gamble <laughs> on what that future may lie? Because he was very protective of his stuff. Yeah, you know. Um, also, by the way, you look at someone said, "Well, Michael Jackson's a pedophile, so fuck him." I go look deep into Prince; he's not a, G- a saint either. Yeah, also, that's got nothing to do with. I know, Prince. and that's fine. But yeah. I'm um, for the listeners listening who like yeah. to throw that out there about Michael Jackson. Yeah, that, I would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't buy that. Like, if I was doing that argument, like, to me, the whole point in this game is like the music. If you're in your car, yes, and like, and all of a sudden, some gets obliterated. Like, what could you not live without? And I, I don't like, I. There's some Michael Jackson songs I love, but like, um, I think it's an age thing too. I talked about that with you. Darling like Nikki, and like so many people. Uptown, kind of without Uptown. What is Prince's? I wonder if I, we went on Spotify. What would Prince's most listened to song be? I bet Purple it's Purple Rain. Purple Rain, and then probably it's a little Red Corvette. Nah, Doves Cry. What will be third? Party like it's 1999. Yeah, 99. which is kind of an okay song. It's good, but it's not. Yeah, if it were a Michael Jackson song, it wouldn't have been released as a single. Here's how good Prince was. He, Prince Michael Jackson's Dangerous had five number one hits. That was a record until Katy Perry did, tied him. Dangerous? Michael Jackson's, no, not Dangerous, Bad. The Bad <laughs> album had five number one hits. Dangerous should have been called Bad. They got the yeah, fucking gotcha. names wrong. Dangerous <laughs> had Black or White and maybe one or two other songs. Dangerous but it, is not a good Dangerous album. was not very good. History, Volume 1 and 2. Volume 1 was a lot of like a greatest hits. Volume 2 had you new songs on it. Yeah, the best but no, volume two album had, is greatest hits. The song, I was going to say, the song, <laughs> Volume 2 was all new songs, though, and that had They Don't Even Care About Us. Amazing song. That's, That's a right. really That's cool right. song. That's not a bad late catalog thing. He had some cool late catalog songs. I thought they were a little underrated. Wasn't Remember the Time on... Um, History you need to do a deep dive on Remember the time in Magic Johnson in the music video and Eddie Murphy in the music video. <laughs> yeah, that's I don't think right. Eddie Murphy was in any Prince videos. Yeah, that's right. What? <laughs> I dropped the mic, everybody. No, don't get me wrong. I love Prince, and that's why it sucks about doing these sometimes is you end up shitting on someone you like. <laughs> I actually am a big LeBron James fan, but I constantly get into arguments over him versus Jordan. And then there's another one that people do like to do, Nirvana versus Pearl Jam. Yeah. I choose Nirvana. You brought up, like, catalog. Pearl Jam has way more top ten songs because yeah. they did way more songs. But to me, I think Nirvana, the, the music just is more timeless to me. I, see, here's the thing. I, I would struggle with that one because I'm a bigger Pearl Jam fan. I like, I like whole albums better. But I would struggle with that one because, because yeah, because some me, of those Nirvana songs are like. To me, what it summarizes Nirvana is the fact that if Nirvana, if Nevermind came out today, it would still sound like, oh, this belongs right now. Right. Where if I hear, I hear like the song Jeremy, which is a great song by Pearl Jam. And I know dire Pearl Jam fans will be like, oh, well, you name that song? Come on, that's, that's like naming Wonderwall for Oasis. There's always the ones, like I feel that way when people go, oh, Nirvana smells like Gene Spear. I'm like, that's like their 17th best song, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I just, I bring up Jeremy because it's still the same. The, the way, Eddie Vedder's an incredible singer. I'm a big fan of Eddie Vedder. But those vocals in Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, Stone Temple Pilots, Allison Chains did that where the lead singers, the movie Ted made fun of this, where they all kind of like stretched out yeah. the bowels. Yeah, yeah. It was like, even <laughs> Like, you know, I can't sing, but 
they all kind of did that style. Kurt never did that. So I feel like that's why, if, like, if Lithium was released as a single today, it would be a fucking monster hit. Where if fucking Jeremy came out, people would be like, this sounds like the 90s. Are you only bringing up Nirvana so this show is never not about suicide? I, you like, I, I bring up Nirvana like every, every podcast I do, even <laughs> the sports ones I do, Nirvana will come up. Always. I feel like we've strayed too far from this whole suicide area. Kirk Cobain's been brought up about three of the last four well. podcasts I brought up Kirk Cobain. No, but I just think that you're wrong about Prince. I'm right, and that's how that works. Um, <laughs> Another reasoned argument from no, Professor Joseph. No, I definitely Joseph. think, I think you, you made a good point where more people cover Prince songs now. I think they don't cover Michael Jackson songs because his voice was so distinct that to cover them would be like, Duh. I you agree, his voice thinks. Right. <laughs> so, you misheard me. So I've just compiled um, a bunch of lists that uh -oh. sites have written about this topic, and Prince has ran away the winner. Really? And, and, oh, and, and, and Billboard Top 100? Well, Donald Trump's president, no. too. So, um, <laughs> yeah, okay. Can't say that for everything. But no, he... I probably could. Another, another great point. Prince played a ton of instruments. No, on I said as far as a musician one album, goes, on one Prince, album, entertainer he, Michael Jackson. On one, uh, one of Prince's <sighs> early albums, he's played all 27 instruments on the fucking album. Yeah. I don't th I've never seen Jackson play so much as a kazoo. Well, that's a stupid instrument. <laughs> and, and 27 <laughs> instruments. 27 instruments, Prince, there's five good ones. There's five. That's fair. That is fair. By the time he's on the guitar, marimba. guitar, bass, drums, <laughs> cello, Piano sometimes. That is it. Saxophone is a perv instrument. It's very pervy and by the, creepy. By the, yeah, by the time you're playing the fucking djembe, it's like, no, that's just another drum. Tambourine. Well, what, could your drummer not hit the fucking cymbal, the hi-hat quick enough? You don't need oh, it. Oh, you think he's counting all the bits of the drum oh, If there's kit? 27 <laughs> instruments, I think he's counting a tambourine as one of them, or he's counting, like, you know, what is he hitting the wood block? What the fuck is he doing? Like, 27 instruments? I couldn't name 27 instruments right now. <laughs> Violin. Violin's pretty cool. Maybe six instruments. A violin could, a, a good, well-played violin could make a song. Look, I, like I said, I mentioned earlier, Prince as a musician blows Michael Jackson out of the water. It's not even close. Prince blows everybody out of the water when it comes to musicianship. Not even close, right? Yeah. As far as an entertainer, I want to go to a Michael Jackson yeah, concert before again, I go to a fucking Prince But one. you're not, fuck, he's not dancing on your fucking dashboard when you're driving down the evening. But Michael Jackson's songs, when I drive, I don't, the Kennedy, thank you. When I, <laughs> when I listen to Michael Jackson's songs, if Billy Jean comes on at any bar, people start tapping their toe to the beat. Guaranteed. Yeah, whereas when Prince comes on, people just jump out the fucking window. <laughs> no, like, you know, when, Prince it, songs come out, when Prince songs come on, it's about a minute and a half in where they go, oh, this is a Prince song, no, right? You, yes, you, they do. You're so full of shit. Look up record sales. James, look up record sales. <laughs> Fuck your list written by nerds. Look up record sales. <laughs> That's my default thing to anything. If you disagree with me, you're a fucking nerd. <laughs> they should have thrown the ball around a little bit more as a kid. Sorry, Daddy didn't love you and you chose blogging as a profession. A lot of bloggers in the crowd based on how quiet everyone was on that response. Thriller, Thriller was the number one selling album for like the Forever. Time. For the longest time, yeah. I and think I it's think been overtaken now by... Someone might have overtaken it, but... By Little Yachty, I think. I don't know, I'm man. Just <laughs> I just kidding. I just think Michael Jackson's songs to me... When I hear them well, bring the out point. something, it yeah. makes you want to dance. And a lot it's of music is supposed to make you want to dance. It's Some people might think music makes you want to think. I hear OK Computer and I fucking lie in my bed for eight years. And, like, you know. Like, well, that's what I like about this, because it's fucking subjective. That's, that's what totally you're saying. Which it's is why it's argument. a fun argument. Which why it's, it, that's why they're fun to argue. I'm a big fan of that. You know? <laughs> at some point, you go, at the end, you go, well, I just like Jackson better. Well, that's, yeah. that's all it is. Well, we do got to wrap up the podcast. I do have one quick little thing I'm going to squeeze in. What did you think of the Oscars? 
Oh, the I winners. Didn't I didn't watch. You know, I didn't really. I, I watched a couple of things here or there. I didn't watch them for the first time in about uh, 15 years, and and it was so great that I didn't watch it because it's so fucking. It's it, again, it's that fucking subjective thing. It's, yeah. It's like who gives like who gives a fuck? All it is. You know what I thought about today? Because I saw Roma the other night, which is beautiful and amazing, and I'm watching it, and then today I'm going. There's no way Green Book is better than that movie. There's no way Green Book is better than that movie. And I'm like, well, you shouldn't really say that unless you see it. And then I'm like, wait, so I'm going to fucking pay money to go see this movie just to check that it's not better? I got the I, screener. I'll let you watch it. That's how it. they fucking get you, though, right? Yeah. It's fucking, you're like, I, I got, let me see how shitty it is, you know? At the end of the day, it's just like, no, no one would go and see these films in the marketplace naturally. No, most Oscar movies are, do terrible at the box office, but they get a bump after they win a couple awards because people are like, well, I got to see what they're all freaking out about. And then, you know, look, there are, I, I just wanted to bring up the Oscars this year because I know a lot of people who are movie buffs who are like, 2018 was a bad year for movies. And well, I'm all, who told you who said that? Some, I just see random things on tweets will say that uh, they thought 2018 wasn't a great year. Or maybe they think 2018 wasn't a great year for nominated movies mm -hmm. or whatever. But, but by the way, I'm okay with that. I, I talk about this a lot. I get called too nostalgic sometimes because I think the 90s was like the best decade for who, music. Who, who calls you that? Your 13-year-old self? No. I, I have, you know... No, because I don't think music's very good right now. Rock music in particular. Right. And people will say to me, you and I, I think I've talked about this maybe, you and I drink a lot and forget our conversations. <laughs> yeah. That's the only reason we do this. Yeah, so, so we, we can just reminisce and catch up. I, uh, I think music was better in the 90s, and people will say to me, oh, you're a fucking old man, and blah, blah, blah. And I said, the NBA was better in the 90s, or you're an old man. I go, no, things go in waves. Just because I think music was better then does not mean I don't think music will be better in the 20s. Right, right, right. right? Like, I think television oh, right man. now is the best it's ever been. I, and I, things I, go I never heard anyone refer to like a year a year away from now as the twenties and holy fuck. Weird, right? That's, that's the weird. first time I've ever done it. And I'm glad you picked up <laughs> that's on it. Because as weird. I said it, I thought it was weird. God, that, are we all gonna get Think about that, everyone. We are a year away from the twenties. Can we all get boaters and fucking Tommy I would guns? love for that fashion to come back. <laughs> Flappers, it was a sexy look. The guys kinda wore like looser suit pants, like zoot suits and were kind of big. Be hanging out the side of a model T, you know what I mean? On get the speakeasies back. I'd be into that. But I'm just saying, like, just because I, there can be a bad year in movies. There, that, could, that could be a thing. So and if you say that, does that not mean no, you think all movies suck? No, it's no, like, no. nah, it was a bad year. It's just, I, I, I thought it was weird because people were actually saying that 2018 was a banner year for movies. And I, I actually agree with that. I think 2018 was one of the strongest years. Really? But yeah, because it's like, because it was, like, different. It, it was just... Well, what, what nominated movies did you see that, of the, of the movies that were nominated for Best Picture... I thought The Favorite was amazing. Okay. And there was a movie that didn't get nominated that was like so crazy that it got nothing. It was called Leave No Trace. And it's, and it's an amazing movie because strange, I don't know if we want to wrap on this, but it's an amazing movie because it, it talks about mental illness, illness and it talks about um, uh, what you're allowed to do and not do as a parent and what the government should let you do. But if you never see Leave No Trace, Leave No Trace was the best movie. Um, All right, Leave No Trace. Year. I got to check that one out. Yeah, it's amazing. But, uh, all right. <laughs> you just totally shit on my point about 2018. And I, here's the thing, though. I have not even seen, I saw like two movies last year. Well, it's not my point. <laughs> it's what everyone else was saying. And then there are people who fight that. And then people will fight. There are some people who, whatever's new, they love it. Right. And, right? and then there are some people who, whoever's new, they hate it. And I think, no, there's a middle ground. 
Oh, There's sure. a, oh yeah, uh, this was a good year for this, this was a bad year for that, but when I say that music sucks now, that doesn't mean I might think it's the greatest thing ever in a couple years, and I might go back and forth with music and movies and all that other shit. Anyway, though, Adam, anything you want to plug? We've got to end uh, this podcast now. We went a little bit over our time here. There's no band after us, though, right? No. All right. Oh, they're closed. Oh, okay. Well, that makes me feel bad. Well, thanks to the Cubby Bears, the legendary place. Thank this was you, the Cubby punk Bears. rock you, guys. setting in the early 80s Chicago. Dave Grohl, if you guys check out Sonic Highways on HBO, it was, it's on HBO On Demand still. You can check it out then. But uh, thanks, everyone. Adam Burke is on Twitter. I'll tweet him out. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening to Killgallon's Pub, our first live episode. Thanks for everyone who came. Make some noise. Hey. They're texting each other. Thank you. All right. Make sure you check in on your loved ones. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Cheers. <laughs>